now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Reel Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Hey, thank you, Mark Larson, and welcome, Southern California, to another edition of Rod and Reel Radio. I am indeed your underfished host, Hop Along John Cassidy, and we do appreciate all you that are listening on this weekend. Hey, we got a great show lined up for you tonight. We are going to recognize some of the dynamic ladies that us here at Rod and Reel Radio know in the industry. Let me give you a rundown of just who's going to be with us. We're going to have Orky Martinez from Baja Fishing Convoys. We're also going to have Jeanette Fusion. She's owner and founder of the Anglerettes. And then later on in the 6 o'clock hour, Lori Byron Sackow is going to be with us. You all know her from Turner's, and also she is the owner and operator of Byron Products. And then later on, Melanie Lamaga. You may not know the name, but, man, you have gone with her with Tucidras Outdoor Adventures. But what you may not know, she is also a writer, editor, producer, and a former professor at Virginia Commonwealth University. So we're going to learn a little bit more about these dynamic women. But before we get to it, you know, this co-host of Rod Real Radio, if it weren't for the fact that she was on this broadcast, she'd probably be one of our guests, too. She is the national sales manager for Iserline, represents many other fine products in the fishing industry, and is quite an accomplished fisherman and hunter in her own right, Miss Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, welcome. Thank you, John. Uh, great intro. <laughs> Thank you very much. Gosh, I didn't know that was me. <laughs> <laughs> you recognize that person, don't you? <laughs> yeah, a little. <laughs> you know, you well, know. You know, Wendy, uh, you know, just before we get on to our first guest, you made an interesting comment that a lot of times ladies are not recognized for their, their accomplishment. And you had uh, the opportunity just this week to to actually see that in person while you were selling your fish. What, what is what happened that kind of kind of brought this home to you? Well, Merritt and I, we uh, commercially fish for rockfish. Uh, usually fishing on Fridays, and we sell on Saturdays at the Cypress Farmer's Market. And uh, one of our customers came up and was talking to Merritt and said, do you catch all these fish by yourself? You know, that must be hard. And I'm just standing there raising my hand saying, no, I help them. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we fish too. <laughs> I, I guess they just thought you were eye candy there to attract more of a crowd, huh? <laughs> hey, I guess I don't know. 
Hey, Stan's not going to be with us tonight. He's up fishing Crowley Lake, and Stan's going to uh, come back next week, and we'll have a great report for us on the happenings up there. So let's get on to our first guest, Wendy, uh, because, you know, this list is by, by no means all the ladies that are involved in the fishing industry, but it's some of the ones that we know of here at Rod and Reel Radio that we have grown to know and admire for what they've done. So let me introduce our listening audience to our first guest. She is the CEO and founder of Fish, Baja Fishing Convoys. I know her as Orky Martinez. A lot of you know her as Orchid Martinez, but let's welcome Orky Martinez to Rod and Reel Radio. Orky, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me today. How exciting. Oh, it is exciting to have you, Orchid. And let's let's start off a little bit with your story, because I, I think uh, uh, we can start off by safely stating that you are actually native Latino, so... Mm-hmm. Working here in the United States maybe is a, a, a is maybe difficult than even some women find. Can you tell us a little bit about your story about fishing, and then how you evolved into Baja fishing convoys? Well, it's kind of a mixture of everything. Um, my parents are from Baja, and basically that's where I was created. And and you know, I, my mom hopped the fence when she was eight months pregnant with me. So, uh, well, not hop the fence, but cross the border. And I was born here in Los Angeles and raised in Los Angeles. And uh, when I was a teenager, there was a time where I lived down in Baja with my dad. And uh, that's where he taught me how to hunt and to fish. And uh, it just, you know, became something that I enjoyed. Uh, the fishing, actually, I did when, uh, uh, when I was younger here uh, at Long Beach, out of the harbor, he'd take me there. I caught my first three kingfish there. I, you know, something that I loved to do since I was a kid. Uh, when I grew up, became a professional. I was in the travel industry for many years, and um, finally decided to do my own thing and kind of mesh my love for Baja fishing um, and hunting now. Um, and my travel experience and put it all together. And this is how I got Baja fishing convoys going. Wow. That had to have been uh, an uphill battle for you. And there's got to be a story because, uh, 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 you know, who were some of the people that, that helped you out and helped get you going and how did the format that you have today, uh, evolve Orky? Well, it, it kind of just was by accident, honestly. There was a time where a corporate world was just extremely stressful, and I just stopped working. And I took about a, a year off. Like I, took, I, took, I called it my sabbatical year off. And when the funds started running out, I said, okay, I better start looking for a new job. And this was back in 2008, I would say. And I... I did what I would normally do when I would look for a job. I'd pull out the yellow pages and start looking in alphabetical order at all the travel agencies and, you know, tour operations out there for me to, you know, apply. And I came as far as the letter B for Baja. And there's this one company that's, you know, that, that started with the letter B. And it was a wilderness retreat down by Bay of LA. And I called the guy and I said, hey, you know, 
you're under travel agencies. Do you have any job openings? And he's like, um, you know, I'm not really a travel agency. And I, as I said, you know, um, oh, okay, well, thank you. And I was about to hang up. The guy's like, but wait, I need help. And so I started to, well, I got an interview and immediately was hired. And I worked, um, uh, it was a wilderness retreat out of Bay of LA. And I worked there for about five years, got my bearings, got a lot of chance to fish there. Um, and then after that uh, ended, I, you know, called around with, I met, you know, when you go to Fred Hall and you go to all these conventions, you go and you meet all these people there. And that's, uh, where I met Jose with Cedra's Outdoor Adventures, and I called him, and actually I sent him an email, and he responded, and I was fortunate enough to be able to work with him for three seasons, and that was a wonderful experience because this is where I got to meet more of the hardcore fishermen and learned about knots and learned about reels, and and it was a great experience, and that's what kind of just made me stronger in this industry as far as knowledge and, and what to do and how to promote and, and, and attract. And here I am. And this is how I started my own little thing uh, where I said, you know, I could do more than say girls. I can do more than, um, you know, that I can certainly offer more destinations. I started knocking on vendors' doors, and I said, hey, this is who I am, this is what I want to do. Uh, many said yes, many said no, and now here we are. So I started where uh, we, the name of the company, Baja Fishing Convoy, started where I was just a guide, basically, and everyone just drove their own car, and we just convoyed down to Baja, and that's how it started. Now I have my vans, now I charter planes, now I put them on commercial flights, uh, I send them down there on their own, and I just put it all together for everyone. One-stop shop. I remember when you started this. How long ago was that? 2015, August of 2015. Okay. Wow. Yeah. You know, I was living in my little apartment in Long Beach, and uh, I bought my little computer, and, and I just started doing my own little thing there and started yeah, it, it was. It's it's an interesting industry to be in because you know we're girls, you know we're ladies, and and oh, you're just a girl. What do you know about fishing? And it was like, well, I don't know much, but I, you know I can certainly get you there. I know where you can catch that fish, and I know where you can use that gear. Um, and you know, it doesn't mean that you know I'm a pro, but I can certainly get you there to get what you want to catch. Right. You know, with developing your contacts and your sources, especially down in Baja so that you can arrange for the hospitality that those areas uh, have to offer, especially I would imagine most of your clients are from the upper 48 here. Did you, did you find a lot of resentment in the fact that uh, a woman was coming to uh, uh, an organization uh, with a business proposal or was it the fact that you could benefit what they were doing that you were greeted openly? It's, it was 50-50. It's definitely, it's, when I first started this, it, I, I certainly felt this was a man's world. And yes, there were, you know, comments and there were questions. And again, the whole, the, the whole, uh, what do you know about this kind of industry kind of a thing? And so, you know, I just, uh, it, it, yes, I, I, I did get some of that. 
uh, and then I, you know, I did get my vendors who really need the help down there. And I said, look, let's see how we can do this. And, um, you know, and, and, and we can help you. Um, this wasn't just work for me. This is also a way to generate work for the, you know, the boats that are already down there. And once I, once they realized what I was trying to do, then, you know, they, they all just hopped on the bandwagon because they, they want help and they, they need someone who's consistent and, and doing what I do to help them sell their trips. It's become, it's, well, and it's, it's become a really good relationship. Go ahead. Sorry. It's great because you speak Spanish and you speak English. And so you can understand and translate both ways. And it's the perfect marriage. I mean, they needed the help getting customers down there and you're able to, to bring the customers. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the customers uh, I find are, you know, trust me, because again, I I just know the people down there, and and you know they're like family. They're like just someone that I grew up with, and it's so nor I it's I'm definitely in my comfort zone down there. You know, Arky, wh- one of the things I appreciate that you've done is you've educated us, I believe, and when we go down and go to some of these destinations in Baja, that it's not just a macho thing where you get a uh, a bunch of guys that are down there roughing it, staying on the beach and, and fishing. You've uh, opened this up where you've made it possible for for uh, guys to bring their lady friends with them and that everyone can go down and enjoy the amenities that these locations have to offer. Absolutely. Um, you know, we we tend to try not to not to camp because I've always said, you know, I'm at I'm at an age where, I need a bed at the end of the day. And I've went, I've gone out there. I've, I've kicked the tires and all the beds and the places that we can stay per se. And, you know, when the wives come around, Hey, will I, will I be able to, you know, have my own private bathroom? Yeah. We got rooms with private bathrooms and, you know, can I get a Ponga with my own bathroom? Well, it's either yes or no, depending on the destination. And, you know, I assure them that, you know, uh, there's not a whole crowd of people on the boat. They're going to be watching you or whenever you have to do your needs or anything. But um, yeah, these destinations, some of them are absolutely gorgeous. I mean, the wives sometimes don't even go fishing. They'll stay back and they'll beach comb and they'll hang out. Some of the destinations down South have spa uh, restaurants and shopping. So there's, there's something for everyone down in Baja. Orky. What are some of the locations that you've actually started going to that maybe two or three years ago, we wouldn't even think of looking at that spot as a destination to go fishing? Well, it's, it's, there's a lot of places that are off the grid. Um, the uh, Gonzaga is a really good one. Uh, many uh, it's, it's, I've created a, a destination or a trip there where I rent a house and I include everything. I have the cooks, and you just don't worry about every, anything. Many people have gone to Gonzaga and they've gone to a certain place and they buy a taco and that taco is $9 and it's not even that good. And we don't have a situation like that with us uh, because you generally gain weight on my trips, especially when I have my cook yo-yo with me. You know, and-, um, and then we go down to different destinations. Uh, um, I started uh, representing a, a des- um, La, Bocana, uh, La Bocana, I would say, four years ago. 
Um, basically, it wasn't even on the map when I started representing them. They were on the map, but no one was really doing much about them. So I started going to the shows. I started putting up my booth. I started promoting them, working really hard to, you know, put them on the map. And it looks like everything's uh, flowing for them, which is very, that makes me very happy. Orki, uh, for those of us that don't have a map in front of us, uh, Mm -hmm. where is La Bocana? La Bocana is about 600 miles south of the border on the Pacific Ocean side, just south of Guerrero Negro. Um, uh, it's, it's adjacent or next to Punta Abreojo, which is another really good uh, destination or spot to go fishing. Uh, if anyone has ever fished Abreojos, then basically that general area is, is the spot that I'm talking about. You know, and uh, I, I think, you know, if you look at like uh, past issues of Western Outdoor News, mm-hmm. where you have taken representatives down there and they've written about it, uh, yeah. you not only supply a great adventure, but the amenities that you have set up for visitors to go on down there and that you help them get involved with, considering where that location is, is, is pretty, uh, pretty amazing, I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's so many different ways uh, that one can get. I mean, not many different ways. You can either drive there, you can boat there, you can fly in there, uh, we can charter a private plane that goes in there. Um, all that can be done, and um, it's it makes it easier uh, when you fly in, obviously, because it's it's less of a drive. Uh, but yeah, it's it's absolutely. And, and by the way, I didn't just take uh, Western Outdoor News out there. I've also taken the TV uh, program out there, and they've gone. They went two years, and that really helped the, the destination. Wow. Okay. So you know, and are, are are there still destinations that are out there that you are uh, thinking? You know, I'd like to take people there, and uh, but I need to know just a little bit more about it before I go there. Um, yeah, there are some. Um, they they are further. Uh, right now, uh, we're really uh, growing on our Mag Bay destination. And I'm not one, I don't own, per se, a place there, but I do work with local hoteliers and the local pongas there. So I've set it up so that we can do reasonably priced uh, packages down to San Carlos, which is a southern town of Mag Bay. And the fish in there, I must say, is incredible. I've never seen marlin and dorado and wahoo fishing like that anywhere. You know, and what I'm also impressed about is how you can customize a trip. And I'm thinking about, I have a friend from Tennessee that wants to come down here and bring his wife. And he said, you know, I'd like to fish this destination. I like to fish this and I like to fish this. Can you put a trip together for us? And he did one heck of a job doing it. Yeah, yeah, he's he's doing a great adventure. He's starting off in Loretto, continuing on to Mag Bay, and then La Paz. And I've arranged for private transportation, private boats, um, lodging, everything. I've set it all up for them so they can do it all on, on one go. And the other thing, and I don't want to discount this, but uh, you have, I don't want to, it seems like, I want to say recently, but you know what? As you get older, it seems like everything kind of bunches together. But uh, you are married, and your husband, John, has helped you with this business. Uh, 
tell us uh, how he contributes to what you're doing. Well, Johnny, he's he's my he's my 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 rock. He helps me with absolutely everything that I need. Um, and of course, when I take these trips, uh, he's with me as well. Fortunately, he has an, a very nice boss that allows him to take time whenever he wants. He needs to take time so that we can take these trips. And uh, and he joins me. He's he's the driver. He's my mechanic. He's my caddy. He's everything. And 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 the guys love him. And he's he's so much help. And 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 I I don't know what I would do without him, honestly. Well, Orky, I can't tell you how how much I admire what you've done in that niche in the market that you've carved out for yourself. I know you as not only a very personable individual, but also a hardworking individual. And we wish you a lot of success there with Baja Fishing Convoys. If someone would like to get a hold of you and put together a trip or find out what your schedule is or whatever it is to travel with you down to Baja, how's the best way to go about doing it? Well, I have a phone number, and it's area code 619-483. Seven three one five, or you can email me at orchid at bajafishingconvoys.com. I also have a website, www.bajafishingconvoys.com. Um, I'm on Facebook. Uh, I'm on Instagram. And, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much everywhere. All right. And I'm open and 24-7. It- <laughs> Orchid, if you have any advice for individuals that might be listening to this broadcast that mm-hmm. want to travel down there or want to bring their significant female others, uh, what what advice would you give them? Absolutely do it. When, when do you want to go? And, uh, yeah, absolutely. Give me a call. I'll make it happen. I'll set it all up for you. Um, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's an, it's a no brainer. Basically you just contact me, you tell me when you want to go, what you want to target. And I set it all up for you. You know, and I think, uh, Orchid has probably one of the, the best, uh, you know, mottos in the industry when it comes down to going down to Baja. And that is, she knows all the great PLAs to pee. And that is important <laughs> when you're traveling down there. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, one of the things I tell everyone on the, on the in the when we're in driving down, I say, hey guys, you've got to make sure you let me know that you, that sensation's coming in, so that it gives me time to you know, pull over in the right spot. <laughs> All right, uh, Orchid, we appreciate it. We know that you are you know doing another responsibility. You're doing some volunteer work right now. We appreciate you taking the time to talk with us, and we look forward to uh, not only seeing you, but traveling with you in the not-too-distant future. For sure. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, guys. All right. Orchid Martinez from Baja Fishing Convoys. Hey, we're going to take a break now, but coming up next, Janet Fusion is coming. She's the owner-operator of Anglerettes. This break is going to be a little longer than normal so we can get in a full interview with Janet. So stay tuned. We'll be back after all these messages.
Hi, Roland Martin here. I'd like to tell you a little about Gary Yamamoto and the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bake Company. It all started with an idea, then a dream, and in 1983, the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bake Company was formed. If you know Gary Yamamoto like I do, and I've known him since 1983, you know he has a passionate love for the sport of fishing. That love is only matched by his obsession to design and produce the highest quality soft plastic fishing lures on the market today. Every bait Gary makes is inspected by hand. Today, more than two and a half million packages of bait are shipped worldwide. On behalf of Gary and his staff, he wants to thank his customers for thinking so highly of his products and wishing you the great success at the sport of fishing. Whether you fish for fun or fish the tournament circuits like I do, you'll honor Gary for making Gary Yamamoto custom baits a key part of your fishing experience. Take it from me, Roland Martin. When I'm in need of a go-to bait, my first choice is a Gary Yamamoto custom bait. Turner's Outdoorsman, California's number one fishing, hunting, and shooting sports retailer, now has 28 locations. Turner's is your one-stop shop for fishing tackle, hunting gear, and everything for shooting sports. Turner's offers a full selection and unmatched prices on the gear you need. Whether you're planning a fishing trip with the family or chasing giant tuna, Turner's highly skilled staff will make sure you have the gear for your next adventure. Visit turners.com to find a Turner store near you and be sure to join the Turner's Discount Club to get weekly ads and specials right to your inbox. Turner's Outdoorsman, your one-stop shop for all your fishing needs. Hi, this is Lori Heath. You may know me from some of the fishing boats out of San Diego. I want to talk to you about something that's really close to my heart. Did you know that when you donate blood, you're not only helping others, you're also helping yourself. Donating blood lowers the risk of heart attacks in men by more than 70%, lowers the risk of developing cancer, and helps you maintain a healthy liver. So donate blood to help someone else and to help yourself. If you can't donate, you can still make a difference with the financial gift. It's the best way to give back. Hook, line, and sinker. And for more information and to make a financial donation or an appointment, visit San Diego Blood Bank. That's the San Diego Bloodbank.org. And just to let you know, I'm also a blood donor. He's not just my fishing buddy. After 30 years, he's a brother, and I'd sure hate to lose him. His bass boat's got nothing to do with it. So I make sure both of us wear a life jacket. Save the ones you love, even if they don't own a fancy boat. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Since being established in 2015, CCA has achieved great success for the entire sport fishing industry in the fight for our right to fish here in California. 2021 brought us plenty of success, but every year brings new battles, and we need your help. One of the best ways to help support CCA Cal is to join us and become a member, because strength is certainly in our numbers. Become a member today by logging on to joincca.org. Membership starts at $35 per year, and that is one of the best ways to help us while you go fishing. Hi, this is John, and I'd like to invite you to the new Angler's Arsenal location in Lakeside, California. We put together a staff of experts that will help you find the tackle and gear you need at a price you can afford. We carry all the major brands, and if you need custom work done, we can do that for you with both rods and reels. How about servicing your old equipment? No problem. We can do it quickly, easily, at a price you can afford. We also do custom hand-poured plastics through Western Plastics. Design the lure of your dreams 
and catch the fish that have been getting away. So come and visit us in Lakeside. We're at 12255 Woodside Avenue. Or you can visit us at anglersarsenal.com. If you need to call us, we're at 619-466-8355. See you there. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specialty heat treater to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. There's nothing more peaceful than fishing. Just me, my pole, and some bait. Oh, and my life jacket, of course. I like fish, but I don't want to end up at the bottom of the water with them. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of Cabo San Lucas for you, your family, and friends, but are a little set back with what charter company to choose? We urge you to use American and family-owned Lands and Charters. Lands and Charters offers their passengers affordable and all-inclusive services on a variety of vessels and trips. Fish with the latest of fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality of a long-time-owned family business. Go to LensAndCharters.com to see all of their vessels and amenities available. Call Cobble, Greg, or Jenny at 800-281-5778 when you're ready for an action-packed Cabo fishing experience. Hey, everybody. This is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419, or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by BajaBound.com Insurance Services. Are you driving to Mexico? You can buy and print out your Mexican auto insurance policy online in the convenience of your own home or office in minutes. Now with BajaBound.com's easy-to-use website. After printing your auto insurance, check out the BajaBound.com site. There, too, you will find great travel tips and information to help you get the most out of your next road trip south of the border. So this is an important fact to remember. Use BajaBound.com. It's the easiest way to find and get Mexican auto insurance. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. 
Rotten Real Radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Get notified as soon as new episodes are available, or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archive shows at roddenreelradio.com slash archives, and click the subscribe button to get started listening now. Hey, welcome back to Rod and Real Radio. Wendy and I, this evening, we are saluting some of the dynamic women that we know in the fishing industry. And, hey, it's our pleasure to welcome our next guest. She is the owner and founder of Anglerettes. Wendy and I, we want to welcome Jeanette Fusion to Rod and Real Radio. Jeanette, welcome to the show, ma'am. Thank you for having me. <laughs> hey, Jeanette. Hey, Wendy. How are you guys? Oh, we're doing great. You know, Wendy, I think you, more than anybody, can probably appreciate the products that Jeanette has come up with. You know, I do appreciate them. It's wonderful. I remember the first time I saw Jeanette, she was setting up her booth. It was right across from the Iserline booth at the Fred Hall show. She had a little tiny 10 by 10 and uh, her and her partner, Barbara, is it? Was it? Her and her oh, partner. Uh, Lori. Lori. Um, were, were selling selling their um, wares. And it was really neat seeing all the people stop by. Fast forward to today. Um, the last time we had a Fred Hall show, she had a huge booth, a lot more gear. And it, it's really neat. It's stuff that we wear. I mean, we... Um, so, um, SoCal Anglerettes, when we fished our um, Texas tournament, our Babes on the Bay, we were all wearing Anglerette tank tops. Thank you, girls. You guys, you girls did awesome out there. <laughs> oh, it, well, thank you. Everybody loved the shirts. Day difference get a from last, out there. From my beginning till now, I will say. Uh, Jeanette, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? And tell us about Anglerettes and how you recognize that there was a need to be filled that Anglerettes could accomplish. Well, I had a boyfriend who was working on one of the sport boats. And basically every day that I was off, I was on the boat and I was nonstop going on the boat. Well, there really wasn't much for me. So um, I just, you know, we kind of talked about it for a while and the boys on the freelance they were like no no do a boys do guys don't do no girls you're the only girl ever out here there's no girls out here and I was like well at least if I do something for the girls I'll have something to wear instead of wearing my boyfriend's stuff all the time so I talked about it for a couple of years and finally I was like you know what let's do it my mom she was like you know you're just been talking about it you keep talking about it let's start it so that morning we went down and we found everybody to get everything because I had drawings and stuff and all that written down and but it was just it was just kind of like a dream but my mom was like no you keep talking about it let's do it we got nothing to do today let's start it let's figure it out and we started it and that year I figured you know I made a goal I was like you know in five years my goal is going to be at the Fred Hall show well that year I ended up being at the Fred Hall show right across the street from Eisner line so it's and this year, we ended up doing a 10 by 20 compared to our 10 by 10 that I basically did by myself for the first year, not knowing what to do, how to do it, what I was into. 
And this year, or last year, I guess it is, it was just a basically a complete nine-day difference. I have my current boyfriend, Joey. He's been the backbone. He has helped me build the booth. He's made dreams come true. When it came down to the booth, he was like, you know, what do you expect in a booth? And I was like, well, we're girls. We need a changing room. Like, nothing never fits the right way. And he made that happen. So this year, girls got to try on the stuff to see if they liked it or not. And it worked out pretty good. So it just seems like there's more and more girls out there. And it, it, it became like a dream come true, I guess. Wow. Well, you know, tell us just specifically what you recognized the need was and what, what you were trying to supply that need. Uh, I, I guess we're talking about, uh, you know, uh, men don't think about it, but uh, ladies' apparel can sometimes be cut just a tad bit differently than men's. Yes. And it still can, even there's so many different cuts on women's stuff, but the guys, it was always the big baggy t-shirts and stuff like that. It was nothing cute, nothing pink, nothing pretty. It was just the plain old guy stuff. And yeah, his stuff, it, it was fishing and I was okay with it because it had fishing stuff on it and I was perfectly fine with that, but it wasn't my style. It wasn't what I liked. It wasn't, it didn't make me feel comfortable on the boat. It didn't make me feel uncomfortable walking around in a oversized big shirt that was still for the guys. And it was just, I wanted something that had fishing in it and some that had pink and purple and teal and different colors for the girls. I wanted shorts that fit me. The boys all have shorts that have plier pockets and stuff like that. And me, I was wearing my jean pants because, hey, or my jean shorts because that's where I could put the plier pockets in and stuff like that. So it, we needed something for the girls that had, if you were a deckhand on a boat and you need a pliers to put you put them in your pocket, you didn't have anything back then if you were a girl. So now I got the shorts where you can put the pliers in there. They're perfectly made. They've got the big cell phone pocket because us girls do like to be on our cell phone and take <laughs> pictures and stuff like that. So I had to make sure we had all that in our little pocket so we could put hooks or whatever we needed to in. So I really tried to make sure whatever I wanted into something, I had to make sure that it was in there. So us girls could feel comfortable out there on the boat in this male sport, which I don't think it's a male sport anymore, but. Fish don't know. wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> the fish, don't know. fish don't know who's on the other end. Uh, we're huh? speaking with Je- we're speaking with Jeanette Fusion from uh, Anglerettes, and Je- Jeanette, uh, a lot of the products that you have were they especially designed for you, or were you searching manufacturers that had product that you could incorporate into your line, or was it a combination of both? It was basically we. Like with the shorts and stuff like that, I went to a designer and was like, hey, I need a pair of shorts. And I kind of had to put it together. We had to kind of figure out the kind of fabric we wanted, what kind I would like, what the pockets we needed. So it was basically we just went to like a cut and sew place to try to figure it all out. It's, it's taken many of tries to figure everything out. And this was totally nothing like I thought I would ever be into. 
but we're still learning a little bit here and there and stuff. But it was basically we just had to kind of figure it out. We've just sat there in many, many trials on different types of shorts and many types of fabrics and stuff like that. I have a drawer of different types of fabrics that we tried for shorts until we finally found a one that it was like, okay, these we could deal with these. I like this. It's comfortable enough and stuff like that. And it was breathable and stuff. So it's basically we just kind of tried to figure it out on our own. Were, you know, when you were first starting off, were you accepted by the people in the apparel industry for what you wanted to do? Or did they see you as a lightweight with maybe an idea, but no way to see it to fruition or, or what? How, how did, how was the early days uh, for you starting out? You know, I will say it was basically at first, I didn't really know any girls on the boat. It was basically the boys, the boys were like, Hey, make me a hat that says, for something for me, we'll rock it. And I will say all the guys, they were really supportive about it. They wanted to get my name out there and they wore this stuff. Some of them were like, heck, we'll wear a pink hat to get your name out there. I don't care. There might be one or two girls that show up this week, but at least they'll see it. And so I will say they were really open. The boys out there, they really wanted to get the girls out there fishing. And I will say that's a huge thing for the boys out there. They, they wanted to get us to learn. They, they taught me how to fish. A lot of the guys on the sport boats, I wouldn't know anything if it wasn't for those guys sitting there, taking their time, teaching me and listening to what they said. So I will say it was very opening. The guys were very, very good about it, teaching me and trying to get the name out there for me. So I will say I was very welcomed out there. What was the... Uh, uh the first product line or the piece of apparel that you came up with that was so well accepted that you said, Hey, this, this is exactly what I wanted to accomplish. It was actually a shirt that I made. It said here, boys, let me hook and hand you a fish. And I made that (laughs) and the girls and the guys went wild. The guys, when they seen that, they were like, dude, I need that for my wife. Like, that I need that shirt. I'll take it. And it was, I would say that one, that one was the one It was like, you know, it is, it is true. Here guys, let me hook and hand you a fish. Cause a lot of the guys will go here. Let me, I'll hook this fish and they'll hand you the rod. And it's like, no, 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 no. I want to catch my own. Like I want my own fish. I don't want your fish. I want my own. So, and a lot of guys were like, dude, that's totally my wife. She doesn't want to catch one of the fish that I give her. So I will say that that shirt right there made it say it was completely worth it. Wow. Now, how did you develop a marketing plan now for your products? Because of the fact that there's a lot of people out there yelling at, you know, potential customers to come see me, come buy this, come, you know, do this. Uh, how, how did you develop a marketing plan to, uh, to, to show people that, hey, you had something here that was really viable and so, uh, that for the ladies in your life that are not only fishermen, but also just everyday ladies? You know, I'm still not 100% sure on that one. I think if you're just genuine and you're kind to people and you talk to them, 
you get to know your customers. You get to talk to the people. When you're on the boat, you get to talk to the people and what they want and stuff like that. And I think a lot of the times when I'm on the boat and I have my angleresque gear, a lot of people, they won't say too much about, they won't say anything to you, but at the end of the day, they'll come up to you and be like, you know, you really fished. What's up with this anglerette stuff? And I'll tell them, and they're like, wow, you, we didn't think you knew what you were doing when you were coming on this boat, but you hold, held your own. And it was like, I think that's a big thing, too, and listening to people and what they want and talking to them. And I will say, like, the big shows and stuff like that, going out there and you get to meet your customers. That's a huge thing. That's, I love the Fred Hall show and the day at the docks all for that because you get to meet the people. Yeah, you place an order, but you don't know who that person is through online. But when you're down there, they'll come and they'll be like, hey, do you remember me? I bought this. And you get to meet everybody. And I will say that I think makes a big, big difference because you're, you're like a one-on-one with your customers and you know them. And then if something they order a shirt, I can easily say, you know, I know that shirt runs a little bit too big, and I know who this person is, too. I'm going to message her and see if she still wants that shirt a different size or not. And it's kind of cool because it's because they become your friends. So I will say I think that's a big marketing. It's just being yourself and getting to know everybody you can out there, talking to them and hanging out with them and trying to go fish with them. That's a big marketing thing, I think. Well, not only with that uh, one-on-one, uh, one-on-one uh, perspective that you have with your customers, who don't they also offer you some feedback on your product that you can incorporate into later generations of product to to better fill the need uh, that uh, they've expressed that they uh, they want? Yes, always. There's some girls that are like, "Hey, you have too much pink stuff," and we need more teal color and stuff like that. So you do, you get to know the girls and you want to know their opinion. You want to know what they like. There's different things. And that, that's a huge thing. You get to figure out what everybody is liking, what's, what's in the new trend. And so I will say that's a, that is a big thing when you have all these people who end up being your friends, you get to know their opinions and, Hey, if something doesn't work out on a shirt, they don't like the material, it's too thick for them during the summer, you kind of, you get to, you get to know all that stuff. And just because it's not something that I would wear, doesn't mean it's not something that they would wear too. So it's, it's a huge thing to get to know everybody like that. Now with your business, uh, you know, we think about you as just being local, but Tell us, have you actually received inquiries from not only other parts of the United States, but maybe outside the United States? Oh, yes. There's been a lot of girls out there in Texas, in Florida, uh, Tennessee. I've had a couple of girls in Orlando, or not Orlando, um, Ontario, up in Canada. So it's a little bit all over. I believe I've shipped. I think there's only one state I haven't shipped to yet, but I've shipped stuff to every state so far. So, and that's something I never would have thought I would have happened. Um, there's a lot of girls in Hawaii that rock the stuff too. There's, it's a little bit everywhere, but I think the SoCal girls are where it originated from. And that's who I usually 
get to hang out with and talk to on a more personal notice. I've gone to Texas and got to hang out with some of the girls out there before when I went out there. And that was just, their fishing is a completely different than ours. And you get to know their little perspective out there on the clothing and stuff too. So that is another huge, huge thing also out there. I've got to ask you, what the heck were you thinking when you uh, got behind four fish crazy ladies from Southern California that wanted to go and fish an all ladies fishing tournament in Texas. Tell us about that process. Those girls, I think they're probably the best in SoCal. Wendy, Lori, and all them, (laughs) they, they're all amazing. I, you know, we, we, we wanted to support Jeanette. And her clothing is awesome, and we were so fortunate to to have Jeanette want to sponsor us uh, for our tournament. Thanks, Jeanette. No, thank you, girls. You girls, both of you, Lori, Sophie, you, I don't know what to say. Like, if you ask me who's the best girl out there that fish, I will easily hands down say those girls. Those, <laughs> they are amazing at what they do. You know, uh, and... Uh, you know, Jeanette or uh, Wendy, you can answer this, especially Wendy, when you were out there uh, representing in part Anglerettes, did you find that th- there were ladies out there that just were not aware of that that type of apparel was av- uh, available and had a lot of interest in it? Are you kidding? There were 950 ladies there who all fish. So <laughs> <laughs> they're all aware because we're all in search of fishing clothing for us. You know, and like Jeanette said, when you can find a pair of pants, leggings or shorts or uh, fishing gear for us that we can put our cell phone, our, our, our dikes or, you know, anything else that we need, our, our, um, our hooks in our, in our clothing and carrying them around, we're all going to, that, that's going to spread really fast and we're all going to know about that product. Well, yeah. No, uh, Jeanette. Anglerettes, tell us a little bit about what your vision is for the future of your company. Oh, you know, um, I just, I hope to be able to have more stuff out there for the girls, more different type of um, pants, shorts, uh, weather gear. That's my all-time goal is so I have a little bit of everything for the girls, so when someone does go out there going fishing, they're not wearing their big baggy stuff from their boyfriend that doesn't fit them. That's three times too big. So I want them to be able to be comfortable. I want to do waders. I want to, the, the rain gear, I want to get all that dialed in. So us girls out there can feel comfortable when we go out there fishing. Cause a lot of it, it's a big livelihood for us. And I want us to be able to be out there and feel comfortable. Right. So that, would, uh, that would be a big goal. For ladies and or significant others that might be out there that maybe want to get something really unique for the uh, lady in their lives, how's the best way to get a hold of you and find out about these products that we're talking about, uh, Jeanette? Um, there's the website, anglerettes.com. And then also I am on Instagram and Facebook for Anglerette. 
All right. And you talked about, you know, people can talk to you. Do you customize either designs or, or do you offer some type of customization for individuals and or groups like you did for uh, the ladies that uh, you sent to Texas? Um, we actually have recently bought a machine that we are trying to be able to do it. There's a lot of stuff that we can customize, like hats and stuff like that. So we've recently bought a machine that we're in the midst of figuring it out still. It's a lot to learn. Um, we're, we're hoping we'll be able to do like full on color t-shirts and stuff like that in your own your own coloring, like whatever you want, basically your own custom, anything. So we'll see how that goes in the upcoming cups coming year to see if we can figure it out because we want it to be able to do for us to do this. So we can be more of a one-on-one customer instead of going out to someone, having them figure something out for us and then sending it back to the customer. We want to be that one person that makes it and gets to know the person so we know how to design exactly what they want. So hopefully in the next year, we will be able to have all that figured out. And Jeanette, for the uh, ladies that are out there that are looking for uh, some specific type of an apparel, whether it's for fishing or for actually casual living, what are the last words that you have for them that uh, they should take away from this conversation that we've had with you? I would say don't be scared to get out there, go fishing, show the boys how it's done. Um, Be in your own style. Have your own fun. Don't listen. Well, I guess listen to the boys somehow on how to catch a fish, but just do your own thing. You'll figure it out, even without some of the boys' help. Um, Have fun. I think have fun is the biggest thing. A lot of the time when you get out there and you get nervous, you don't know what you're doing. You get frustrated and stuff like that. And it's all about having fun, even if you don't catch anything. You know, and just as a testament to uh, your company, uh, uh, Jeanette, uh, my phone is lighting up with individuals that are going, we love anglerettes. And uh, now oh. I can see why. Hey, thank you for spending some of your Memorial Day weekend with us. And thank you for the products that you supply for the industry. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. All right. Say hello to Joey for us. Huh? Say hello to Joey for us. Oh, I will. As soon as I get off work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jeanette, uh, that's Jeanette Fusion, owner and founder of Anglerettes. Hey, Wendy and I are going to take a break right now, but we're going to continue in the 6 o'clock hour with a couple of ladies that we've known and admire in the industry. Lori Byron Saka is going to be with us and also... Uh, Melanie Lamaga. You may not know Melanie right now, but you will know of her after the show. So uh, stay tuned. There's a lot more Ron Real Radio to come. Turner's Outdoorsman, California's number one fishing, hunting, and shooting sports retailer, now has 28 locations. Turner's is your one-stop shop for fishing tackle, hunting gear, and everything for shooting sports. Turner's offers a full selection and unmatched prices 
on the gear you need. Whether you're planning a fishing trip with the family or chasing giant tuna, Turner's highly skilled staff will make sure you have the gear for your next adventure. Visit turners.com to find a Turner store near you and be sure to join the Turner's Discount Club to get weekly ads and specials right to your inbox. Turner's Outdoorsman, your one-stop shop for all your fishing needs. The perfect day is my family and I on the boat out on the waterway. I love it. Nothing but sun, snacks, fishing, and of course, life jackets for everyone. Save the ones you love. Life jackets save lives. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hi, Roland Martin here. I'd like to tell you a little about Gary Yamamoto and the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company. It all started with an idea, then a dream, and in 1983, the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company was formed. If you know Gary Yamamoto like I do, and I've known him since 1983, you know he has a passionate love for the sport of fishing. That love is only matched by his obsession to design and produce the highest quality soft plastic fishing lures on the market today. Every bait Gary makes is inspected by hand. Today, more than two and a half million packages of bait are shipped worldwide. On behalf of Gary and his staff, he wants to thank his customers for thinking so highly of his products and wishing you the great success at the sport of fishing. Whether you fish for fun or fish the tournament circuits like I do, you'll honor Gary for making Gary Yamamoto custom baits a key part of your fishing experience. Take it from me, Roland Martin. When I'm in need of a go-to bait, my first choice is a Gary Yamamoto custom bait. Hey, bass fishermen. Who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the Bass Boat Program. It is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for BASSBOAT insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of Cabo San Lucas for you, your family, and friends, but are a little set back with what charter company to choose? We urge you to use American and family-owned Lands and Charters. Lands and Charters offers their passengers affordable and all-inclusive services on a variety of vessels and trips. Fish with the latest of fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality of a long-time-owned family business. Go to LensandCharters.com to see all of their vessels and amenities available. Call Cobble, Greg, or Jenny at 800-281-5778 when you're ready for an action-packed Cabo fishing experience. Hi, this is Lori Heath. You may know me from some of the sports boats out of San Diego. I want to talk to you about something that's really close to my heart, the San Diego Blood Bank. Fishing for a way to make a difference in your community? Consider donating blood or making a financial donation to the San Diego Blood Bank. Your gift will impact medical research, revolutionize how we improve health and treat disease, 
and most importantly, give the gift of life. But we can't do it without you or without your help. Visit SanDiegoBloodBank.org to make an appointment or to give a financial donation today. It's the best way to give back. And just to let you know, I'm also a blood donor. Wendy Toshihara and I, we want to welcome you back to the second hour of Rod and Reel Radio. Hey, we are dedicating this evening's show to some of the dynamic ladies that we know in the fishing industry that not only have accomplished uh, just a whole lot, but have acted as role models, too, for other women wishing to follow in their footsteps. And, Wendy, I'd like you to introduce our next guest, if you will, please. I sure will. Our next guest I met, I believe, at the ISE show in uh, Sacramento, and I knew her husband first. Uh, Her husband was Chuck Byron, and uh, to us, he's a world-famous artist, an an amazing artist, and Lori was the brains behind uh, the artist, and tonight we have <laughs> tonight we have Lori Byron Sackow on with us, and I've known her probably for a couple of decades. She yeah. has started a foundation um, helping kids. Um, it's the Chuck Byron Youth Art Foundation, um, and uh, she's done so much in our fishing industry. You name it, she's done it, and I'd like to welcome my best friend Thelma yep. aka <laughs> Thanks, Louise. Yep. Yeah no Winnie and I got just happened to be two we call ourselves SUC sport utility chicks that happen to have <laughs> boats and love to fish and working in a man's world and somehow we fit in and fish right along with the rest of them and then they had wonderful opportunities now to to be more prominent in the industry and get to do charter mastering together and um, taking kids out on the water. And yeah, it's been a great adventure. So, you know, uh, I I wasn't listening earlier. Have you guys been talking women and fishing or we're just starting that out today or. I'm sorry. What was that question again, Lori? Um, I missed the, the earlier in the show before. I didn't know if you were already talking about women in fishing or we were just, it was like, um, we've been, I guess, starting we've now. Been, <laughs> we've been talking oh, about women that are involved in the fishing industry, but let's start off Great. with you and, and and I guess the elephant in the room. I, I don't want to stir up a, a lot of ashes and, and dig up some you know, some more members, but, uh, you know, you were associated, uh, with, uh, Chuck Byron and he left us way too soon. And tell us a little bit about that time with Chuck, the art and how you two teamed together to make that, uh, just as what it was. Livelihood too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fortunate. I grew up, um, in a family in Poway and we always camped and we did a lot of freshwater fishing, not much saltwater fishing, but when I met Chuck, um, I actually met him, his family, and my family were good friends, so we would see each other on Christmases when we were teenagers and, you know, into our 20s, but um, we ended up getting together in um, around the age of 30, and he introduced me to the whole saltwater fishing world. He had a Boston whaler and a nice freshwater boat, too, and so I loved fishing and picked it up and learned it from him, 
interesting, though, when someone passes on and you think you know how to fish. I'm like, yeah, I fish, yellowtail, hop on the boat, let's go. Um, when Chuck passed away, a lot of the people in the industry that were so supportive would call me and, hey, Laura, you want to go fishing? Yeah, I remember going out to the garage and looking around at all the rods and reels and going, hmm, I wonder which one I use, <laughs> you know? So it forced me to have to learn actually all my tackle and my equipment and why I was taking that rod and this reel and became a lot more interest to, interesting to me. Fished a lot with friends um, and then still marketed the artwork. Um, the industry, Chuck is a wonderful artist. So um, thank goodness the 1999 tuna looks like the 2021 tuna. So you can still, <laughs> you know, his art lives on, which is awesome. But yeah, without him have introducing me to that world, I wouldn't be where I'm at. And then the industry is so supportive and wonderful that it's been a great journey and still in it you know, very active in it. So it's great. Well, Lori, the evolution of of that artwork, and it also brought you into other areas where not only did adults appreciate the artwork, but that maybe you could offer something too for, for younger fishermen and especially through Chuck's art. Yeah. So we would donate Chuck would, you know, we were very um, generous in donating artwork to make a wishes and San Diego Rod and Reel Club tournaments and many, many fishing events, helping out, you know, underprivileged and sick kids. And, but Chuck used to say all the time, he was like, what about the kids that are, aren't sick or they're not in their, you know, not underprivileged and they're doing the right thing in life, but they don't get like, these, all these opportunities for extra fishing trips and things like that. So when he passed on, a lot of people encouraged me, let's do a tournament in his memory. So I thought about him saying like how to generate money so we can help kids that are, basically we took that foundation and made it kids that are through interested in art. In school, we reached out to schools and different, you know, through other people in the industry that knew of kids that wanted to fish, but we took it through the art of fishing and introduced Matt Koch would come on some of our trips. Different artists would come out. We'd catch fish and then talk about the anatomy and color and did a lot of trips with friends. A lot Rollo through that too was able to support us, our foundation along with Rollo's foundation too. So a lot of kids got to go fishing. It was neat. And just the other day, you know, I work at Turner's Outdoorsman in San Marcos. Um, one of my, one of the kids that was about seven years old that did, entered into the art contest and got into the program came in as a graduated mechanical engineer working a regular job. I think he's about 25 now. And he was, I got all his tackle ready for him to go bluefin fishing. So it's neat to see him grow up and still enjoy all that. <laughs> now, Wendy, you uh, are also a member of the board of directors of the Chuck Byron uh, Foundation, and especially that is uh, geared for uh, kids, introducing them to art. How how's that worked out? I, that's got to be probably as satisfying for you as it is for the kids uh, whose service you, uh, you, you know, you offer. You know, it was great when it came to the kids' art. The kids... Lori had a big banquet and would have a tournament, the fish on tournament, and the kids would have all this artwork and they would have it for sale and we would do a live auction. And these kids got to help raise the funds to take kids fishing 
and were so proud of their artwork. I mean, I remember Jenny, she did a giotaku of a, of a rockfish. And um, was, uh, who was it that bought it? Lou. I think Lou bought it. And mm-hmm. it, he paid $500 for it. Wow. Wendy, yeah. tell us, for those people that aren't familiar with that term, what a giotaku is. Oh, Giyotaku. It's a where it's a Japanese art form where how they used to um, uh, make a copy of the fish that they that they caught. They would have a record of it, and so they would put ink on it, and then they would put it on, imprint it on rice, press it on rice paper, and then pull it off. And so my daughter yeah, did like, that that type of medium, and right. uh, she got five hundred dollars for her for her artwork. It was awesome. And yeah, it's so neat because so when Chuck. It, Chuck told me when he was a young boy, maybe nine or ten, his his um, his dad's company had like a, a whole company party and a raffle, and so he painted a painting, and they raffled it off, and it made money. It made like forty two dollars, and that was the first time as a kid he was like, "Wow, like I just painted something, and some people will pay pay money for it." So it made turned his thinking at a young age into that. And that's what we did at this banquet too, for some of these kids. They're like, wow, it's just like, this is what I do in my room all the time. But now, you know, the money is, it's being bought. And then that money goes right back to every, all the other kids going fishing. So it was, it was really neat. COVID kind of slowed down. We, we were able to have every um, day at the docks, Catherine Miller, we would have a booth there and the kids would do a free art contest. We do every year, different art ideas. Um, but COVID stopped that. Now we had missed it for two years. And we're, but I know, you know, they're really shooting for 2022 to have that event again. And we'll be back out there with the kids art program again, too. I'm sure if Catherine Miller has anything to say about it, it will be <laughs> a huge event for San Diego here. And, and yeah. I don't know of a person in the sports fishing industry that wouldn't look forward to being there at day at the docks. Uh, tell me just in working with Chuck, was Chuck sort of like a, a, a solo, or did you guys collaborate and you helped him with some inspiration on doing this and how to use colors, or did you collaborate together on a lot of the work, you know, Laurie? And a lot of people ask, too, if I painted, too, but um, I'm pretty artistic. Not really. I never really tried painting, but I'm pretty crafty at doing things. But I never tried to paint because he was so good at it. What would I? Why would I even like try to attempt it? You know, but no, I was more the business artist. You know, they they feed off of of that they created something from their soul basically. And the trade shows, as many people you would see him at the trade shows, he paint and paint and paint before they came, and we'd have them on display. But for him, it was really stressful because all that comes from you from your heart. And you put it out, and now it's being judged by everybody. Oh, is it good? Is it good? Yeah, it's good. Well, he always got everything but everything saying just how wonderful it was. But for him, it's you don't realize that I think it's the same as a musician. They write a song, and then now they're going to sing it for everybody. Is everybody going to like it? You know, it's that same part of that level. So he stayed to the creative side. I went to the business side. He wasn't allowed to trade out for, you know, you always wanted to trade out for fishing trips. And I'm like, well, when SDG and E, you know, keeps the lights on for a fishing trip, well, then we can do that. But we need to like make money too. So, <laughs> so I kind of took hold of the business, went and found a gallery in Point Loma. Um, that was in the late nineties that we opened 97, I believe up till 2003. 
um, did all the trade shows. Uh, it was a great ride, you know, marketing the art and um, you're branding yourself and your name and your product. And yeah, inter- very interesting part of my life. Um, wouldn't miss of any of it for the world. And like I said, the art's still beautiful and still in style. And I have quite a bit that I'll always hold on to for, you know, the fa- the Byron family. And um, But yeah, and now I just fish a lot. <laughs> instead of going to, you, to trade shows a lot. <laughs> you know, uh, you, you mentioning that Chuck was always worried about, you know, having to keep on doing the art over and over and over again reminded me of a yeah. quotation several years ago from Mick Jagger where he said, you know, if I'm singing Satisfaction, when I'm 30 <laughs> years old, I'm going to shoot myself. <laughs> well, <Yes. laughs> apparently, apparently that hasn't quite worked out that way. Just one last no. question. Is there still Chuck Byron art available to the general there public? Is. Uh, because there I know it's is. a finite commodity. And how yep. how does someone find out about it? So I still keep a, the website out there. It's called ChuckByronArt.com. It's got all the images of a gallery, whole gallery in there, freshwater, saltwater, hunting people. A lot of people don't know he painted moose and white tigers and eagles, and there's all kinds of art there. Um, I do have um, in stock um, prints, limited edition reproductions that I still have and I sell. Um, I have some originals. I've sold a few originals. I don't let go too many because they're priceless, basically. They can't be made. But then again, I can't hang everything on my walls, so it should be looked at, too, not just stored away somewhere. Um, and so, but, and then with reproductions now, we don't have to go and make 10,000 lithographs and sit on them until we sell them. You can literally go to a printer and get one image printed and made. So I do that too. People have gone to the website. I'd like something in the 16 by 20 size range. Um, can I order that? What's the price? I ship it off to them. So I don't market it all over, but it's out there. And I always love to keep having it out there. You know, it's just it's beautiful art and it needs to stay out there. And I'm happy when I see people wearing T-shirts with it. I'm still in a couple licensing agreements with T-shirts. So those are being printed. Um, yeah. Okay. So Well, Obviously, we lost Chuck way too soon, but that still left you out in the real world. And tell us how you develop uh, what you're doing right now and working with Turners. And now, you know, you're offering advice on fishing when it comes to, uh, you know, people that come into the store. Tell us how that evolved. Yeah, it's crazy. You just never know what you're going to be when you grow up. You know, I had no clue. <laughs> went to college as an hair designer, and then I was marketing an artist, and then now I'm charter mastering on sport boats and one of the top um, tackle sellers within a you know a large chain of a tackle store. It's like wow, how that all evolved. It's been great. I love it. Um, Wendy was inspiration to me. I was doing a lot of tournaments and self-employed in art business and had a full plate after Chuck passed away, met my current, my husband, who's my husband now, David Sackow. He loves to travel. So he was the one that just said to me, I love everything you do. I'm a hundred percent support. I'll help you buy I'm behind every day at the docks and every, every tournament and everything, but I want to travel. So if you want to travel, then maybe you need to clear your plate a little bit. So Wendy told me that Turner's was hiring at the tackle store three miles from my house. And I'm like, 
I never sold tackle, but I'm, I sell, I sell art. <laughs> I have sold my own, you know, design ideas and things. So I went over there and they hired me and gave me the exact hours I want. And my semi-retirement part-time job, I'm now 10 years into <laughs> and love it. Um, have a great schedule with them. I sell a lot of products to them. And then they've allowed me to go represent the company um, Wendy and I together co-charter master Turner's and Iserline, and we do long range trips on the searcher and the American angler. And we've done, been with the Indy. Um, so that's been a great, just a perk, you know, in our job that we get to do. Uh, therefore I've been out there fishing with enough people now that I've, I've got a name that people want my knots to be tied. And, you know, you've had your store too, John, people get confidence with what you know and your skills and how you're tying their knots and they become your your fans and your your loyal customers so that's been great you know laurie i've got to think that there's probably a certain uh, segment of the male population that when it comes to asking a woman about female uh, uh about fishing information it's like going mm-hmm. to a female proctologist. They probably yeah. would be a little bit hesitant <laughs> at first. Do you do you find that that happens at Turner's that people are going, well, well, what does she know? She's just another pretty face. And then all of yeah. a sudden, here comes all this information. I did in the very first probably year-ish or two. People would walk in and then kind of look over the top of me and go, is there any guys in here I could talk to about fishing? And I'm like, no, but I could help you. And they'd like, well, do you know anything about fishing? And I go, I know some. What do you need? And then before they left, they're my best friend. They're showing me their pictures on their phone. I'm tying their knots. So it just took a little of that. And then my age helps, too. I'm not like I'm 21 and I know everything. I mean, Wendy and I laughed because... People are like, well, you're a legend in the industry. And I'm thinking, don't we have to be pretty old to be a legend, right? And she's like, yeah, <laughs> someone called me a pioneer. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so we've been you know around funny? long enough, Is one, I think, that we have the, have the respect of that we do know what we're talking about because we practice what we preach. So Yeah. Wendy, go on. <laughs> what, one of the early trips that Lori and I charter mastered on, I can remember um, – I was, you know, we were there on the boats to help people tie knots and get their gear ready and stuff. And, and nobody would ask Lori and I for, for any help. And, you know, it was a boatload of guys. And so Lori and Dave said, hey, Wendy, can you help me tie my knot? And can you help me rig up? And so I started helping, helping I think it was Dave. And then next thing you know, other people are finally starting to ask. But Absolutely. for us, yeah. it's really hard because a guy won't take a handoff from us. I have to say, hey, you know, Captain Ray, can you go get so-and-so and and then, you know, I'll hand him this fish. And, and otherwise, they won't take a fish from us, you know. But Mm-mm. that's from, you know, being in, you know, being female in this know. industry. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah, but it's cool now because I people I have young men and everybody under 30 looks 16 to me now, but young men, 24, 28, 30-year-olds that like come in, their friend comes in and they're like they said only to talk to you, only do what you said and to <laughs> here's my reels and do whatever they were yours, do that. Like it's really neat to see the young ones that are like, oh, no, you're the one. Like, I hear you're the one. You do exactly what you're supposed to do. But it did take time to get to learn that. 
And then the seniors, like my age, um, they totally, you know, those guys on the boats are totally like, great, you want to tie the knots? Cool. It saves us time, you know? So <laughs> they're smart. <laughs> well, but not John, only I don't that, know Lori, but time, but you offer you, not only saltwater, but freshwater information trip. with a variety of products that are available at Turner's. Um, we, every brand we, you know, support with Penn, Daiwa, Shimano, Graftex, Phoenixes, Iserlines, all the different brands. As you know, uh, the whole world, uh, fishing products sales went up 500% last year. So now, right now in the stores, it's tough. You don't, we don't, we have a lot of products, but we only have onesies and twosies of them. Um, so that's been tough for everyone. Um, they're seeing that the market hopefully will be recouping by the end of the year toward the beginning of the year. But I know that a lot of the products have been sold that were purchased last year for this year, and they're already delivered and sold. So that's been interesting. But Turner's does, we do everything, freshwater, saltwater. We don't have anything really in fly fishing. Um, but we have a lot of, for the belly boaters, we've got float tubes and um, everything from the extra tough boots to Grendon's clothing. I think it's a great store. Uh, my store in San Marcos is one of the only tackle stores that has all that. So um, where you get down into San Diego and you have a lot of stores that have those kind of products. But, um, yeah, and then I always forget, they're really a gun store, too. So <laughs> tackle is like the <laughs> side business of it. But you know, like we don't get the love sometimes. But um, it's a great firearm store, too. And, you know, that's off the roof, too, as far as, the amount of people purchasing firearms. So it's been a, an interesting last year and a half. Well, Lori, <laughs> I, I also have to in. thank you when Western Plastics was in Turner's for your support for yeah. Western Plastics mm -hmm. and everything else like that. But tell us, what location, again, are you located in? And approximately when are you there? So if people want to stop by and say hello or get some great information or maybe even talk a little bit about a fishing experience that was better because yeah. you recommended them for one, or maybe even Chuck Byron's art has the best way to uh, get a hold of you. So our, I'm at the Turner's Outdoorsman in San Marcos. We're right off the um, 78 and we're the 15 meet off of Nordahl. Um, and I'm there Tuesdays through Fridays. I'm blessed to have three day weekends off. I'm usually fishing on those. But Tuesdays through Fridays, I'm there. Um, and what else? Get Come in. Well, teach me some knots. I try to learn from my customers, too. I learned a lot about Sierra Nevada trout fishing, and I haven't been there in 20 years. But love my customers, too, because we all just gather information. You know, you know how that is, John, with a tackle store. It's like a great place. Not a bar, but it's like a bar where everybody can share their stories and, you know, tell their tales and share their tips and stuff. All so. right. Well, and you can also see Lori and join us on one of our, on our trips. You know, we have room yeah. on some of our trips and so hop on board and uh, you can have some firsthand knowledge. Yeah. So those will be Turner's Outdoorsmen slash Iserline International. We do, um, those will be sponsored open party trips. They're, gener they're usually full, and especially this year they're all full because last year with COVID, some of the trips were canceled, so everybody rolled it over to this year. But think about next year. If you want to do a seven-day, we do a 10-day, and then we have a all-ladies trip, a three-day trip um, the end of August. 
And that's been a real educational trip for the, a lot of the ladies come from Vegas and they've only caught trout. And before you know it, they're taking, they're catching bluefin tuna. So if you want to learn more, get more comfortable on a, on the rail with the, with, as, on a ladies trip that does help you. So when you get out there and you're fishing with 27 men and just you, you feel like you can hold your own at the rail. Cause I know that's intimidating for a lot of people. So. All right. Lori Byron, uh, uh, Saka, thank you so much for being with us Thanks and sharing me. your story. And we look forward, if we don't get a chance to see you there at Turner's in San Marcos, seeing you on the water. See you on the water. Bye, Louise. Uh, Bye, Thelma. <laughs> hey, hey, Wendy and I are going to take a break right now, but we got one more guest lined up. Uh, Melanie LaMaga from uh, Citrus Outdoor Adventures, but a lot more. So stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. Hi, this is John, and I'd like to invite you to the new Angler's Arsenal location in Lakeside, California. We put together a staff of experts that will help you find the tackle and gear you need at a price you can afford. We carry all the major brands. And if you need custom work done, we can do that for you with both rods and reels. How about servicing your old equipment? No problem. We can do it quickly, easily, at a price you can afford. We also do custom hand-poured plastics through Western Plastics. Design the lure of your dreams and catch the fish that have been getting away. So come and visit us in Lakeside. We're at 12255 Woodside Avenue. Or you can visit us at anglersarsenal.com. If you need to call us, we're at 619-466-8355. See you there. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Since being established in 2015, CCA has achieved great success for the entire sport fishing industry in the fight for our right to fish here in California. 2021 brought us plenty of success, but every year brings new battles, and we need your help. One of the best ways to help support CCA Cal is to join us and become a member, because strength is certainly in our numbers. Become a member today by logging on to joincca.org. Membership starts at $35 per year, and that is one of the best ways to help us while you go fishing. I got a garage full of fishing tackle, and every time I get out on the water, I realize I forgot something important. But I never forget my life jacket. I make sure my buddies wear theirs, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Have you dreamed of experiencing the world-class in and offshore fishing off the exotic, tropical Pacific coast of mainland Mexico? Why not fish the sailfish capital of the world, Manzanillo, Mexico, with the folks you know and trust, Cedros Outdoor Adventures. In Manzanillo, you can find roosterfish, sailfish, marlin, tuna, dorado, and more, all within 20 miles of the shore. Our friends at Cedros Outdoor Adventures are offering an all-inclusive travel package 
to Manzanillo that makes your winter fishing dreams a reality for a special price of $21.95. Cedros Outdoor Adventures is a name you learn to trust for safety and value, but these trips are available for a limited time only, starting this fall through March 2021. Learn further trip details and make your reservation at cedrosoutdooradventures.com or call at 619-793-5419. Run Real Radio is brought to you by BajaBound.com Insurance Services. Are you driving to Mexico? You can buy and print out your Mexican auto insurance policy online. Hey, Wendy Toshahara and I, we want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Well, we've been highlighting dynamic ladies in the fishing industry and talking a little bit about their background. Our lesson here is maybe a name that you may not be as familiar with, unless you've gone down to Seamus Island and experienced the hospitality that Seamus Outdoor Adventures has to offer. But this lady is just... It's more than that. She is a writer. She is an editor. She's a publisher. She's a former professor at Virginia Commonwealth University. Let's find out all about her and what she's done to, for the success of Cedrus Outdoor Adventures. Melanie Lamaga. Melanie, welcome to Ron Real Radio. Thanks so much, John. It's great to be here. Uh, it is great to have you on with us and and thank you t- for taking the time because I understand you were traveling from the south to the north here and there was a chance that you might not be able to make the show today. Well, you know, it's a holiday weekend and the border crossing is, is always <laughs> unpredictable, even on the best of days. But we actually had no problem at all. It was a, it was a smooth and easy crossing. All right. Hey, tell us a little bit about yourself because... You know, I've known you for a long time, and I've known you as being, uh, you know, one of the owners, operators of Cedrus Outdoor Adventures, and we'll we'll talk to you about how you ever got involved with that. But tell us a little bit about your background. You know, as writer, editor, publisher, professor, uh, man, you are quite accomplished for sure. <laughs> well, thank you for saying that. Um, yeah, I actually have a background um, in the arts. Uh, as you might have guessed, um, I did not plan to be running uh, an outdoor adventure business. It's something uh, that just kind of evolved organically uh, out of the need to make a living after I moved to Mexico and um, my husband and co-owner, Jose Angel Sanchez, um, we, we had just gotten married and uh, it was the pandemic. Um, not pandemic, the um, economic downturn of 2008. Um, and so that we were both out of work and we just started doing whatever we could to, you know, try to pay the rent and put food on the table. And, um, and this is the thing that sort of started to work um, slowly uh, and then faster and faster. And, you know, he has a background uh as a marine biologist and working in conservation, so he knew the island, um, and uh, and that's kind of how we got going on that. You know, Melanie, when you 
look at Cedrus Island and you envision it the way it was maybe 20, 30 years ago, it, it's kind of like a, a desolate area. You and Jose uh, must have had some grandiose plans to make the Baja Lodge, and I we nickname it the Baja Magic Lodge. I don't know if you still call it that or yes, not. Yes, we it do. Is what it is today because compared to everything else on on Cedros Island, this place is really dynamic. Well, thank you for saying that. Yeah, it. You know, the funny thing is, though, John, we really didn't have a master plan. And it's kind of ironic because I've had master plans in my life that I really pushed hard for and and knew exactly what I wanted, and they didn't work out that well. But yet this thing, like I said, that sort of evolved organically, it started out of a need for for jobs, and then we just kind of started really simply. um, I mean, Cedrus Island, as you said, is very remote, and there was no tourism at all before about the time that we started the business. um, There had just before that they had opened a a motel in town that even enabled us to bring people, and we were having our clients stay in the motel, and they were providing food, and some some of our clients go back to those days and will remember those days, um, and we were using the um, the fishing pongas that belong to the co-op, and so like, and we were just learning ourselves about everything because there was no infrastructure for tourism on the island, really, and so we just had to learn and uh, you know trial and error, step by step, and basically what I think made it work was that we in the sense that we didn't have a master plan, and we, but we just stayed open to how can we improve this experience for our clients. And we just kept going one thing at a time. And, and the way that the lodge came about was, um, you know, again, the, the desire to improve the experience for our clients. We wanted to control uh, the lodging, the quality of the food, and things like that. And I remember Jose got this piece of land where the lodge is now, and it, there was nothing there. It was just a, another brown hillside in Cedros. Um, and he took me there, and he said, I got this piece of land. I'm going to build a deck. And I said, that's nice, honey. <laughs> and, and it just kind of grew from there. Um, and it was really scary because, you know, when, when we decided to build the lodge, it was just, it seemed like an impossible task. Like, how can we possibly do this? Um, but, uh, lo and behold, it just keeps growing and growing. It's a dynamic piece of property that Jose had over there. And I, I don't know how he got it, but with the view from the lodge of not only the, uh, south part of the island, but Natividad, and on a clear day all the way into Guerra Negro, it is absolutely one of the most fantastic views you can ever imagine. Yeah, thank you. I agree. I call it visual valium. I mean, it's, it's almost impossible to be stressed out when you're sitting on that deck or looking out one of the rooms. And, you know, Jose and I both really love a good view. So we made sure that all the rooms and then the cabins, when we built the cabins, every single place that anybody could stay has a deck and big windows where you can just, you know, 
sit and enjoy the view when you're not fishing. Tell us a little bit about, I know you had this vision of building this beautiful lodge there, but unfortunately there's not a lot of resources or Home Depot or anything like that on the island. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the adversity you had to overcome in order to get the lodge, the, the beautiful place that it is today? Yeah, I mean, you know, everything that is there, uh, w- except for this, the concrete, which you can buy, like the, the concrete blocks and sand you can get on the island, literally everything else was either driven down the Baja and came over on one of our pongas, <laughs> or was um, sh- the larger things like the big windows and the mattresses were shipped uh, from Ensenada. So, I mean, it- it's really been piecemeal, you know, and, you know, I shopped for furniture and <laughs> in San Diego and, and brought it down the same way. So, and-, and we still do that today. I mean, Jose's getting ready this week to load up the trailer and, uh, you know, we take dry goods and canned goods um, for the season down the Baja, and then he takes it over on the Ponga along with just about everything else. And then, you know, we fresh uh, produce and things like that. We can buy some on the island and we fly the rest in. But it's, it's, it's very uh, logistically challenging, which is really why we have a business, because if it was easy to get there and easy to have everything you, you wouldn't need us, but you know, I think the good thing is for the fishermen is that they just have to show up and we take care of all those details as far as making them comfortable and, and, and happy. Well, tell us now, uh, you know, this actually came about through an economic time, 2008 through 2012 when conditions weren't really that great. And then you grew the lodge as uh, improved and fishermen started coming there. And then all of a sudden, everything is shut down with COVID. How did COVID affect the island? And how did it affect your business there at at Cedrus Island? Well, it was very hard for us and for the people on the island. uh, As, you know, everybody, we're all going through this together, the whole world. It's been hard for everybody. Um, I know we've all been impacted in one way or another. So, I mean, we didn't have a season last year. The island was completely shut down. Um, and it, it was very, it was very scary. Um, but, you know, we were able to just kind of batten down the hatches and, and, um, get through it. So I feel very grateful. Um, and we were able, able to offer some support to our, the people that worked for us on the island last year to help them get through it as well. So everybody is is doing fine and so eager for this season. I mean, really, just everybody's ready to go. Uh, tell us how important it was to have Cedrus Island uh, designated as a biosphere, and how does that help not only the residents there on the island, because I know you and Jose are very concerned about the resources of the island and how they are used and, and you know, what happens to things like trash and litter and everything like that. But 
you're also very involved with still, even though you're in the fishing business, what happens to that precious resource you have offshore, and that's the fish themselves. Absolutely. Yeah, again, because of Jose's background in conservation, he's very connected to, you know, everybody in conservation in Mexico. Um, You know, he knows how to get things done when things need to be done. Um, He's a pretty introverted guy, but when it comes to protecting the resources, he's willing to get out there and talk to people on the island. He did a lot of educating people about, you know, the value of the resource and got them to speak up for themselves, you know, and in, in, in different situations where he felt that, you know, that the resources were being unfairly exploited by outsiders a lot of times. Um, and, you know, with the, the saners, they, they put those big nets and, and scrape up everything. And I know that, you know, we all know that how destructive that can be and how there have been certain places where the fish population has been decimated. And in some cases, if it's bad enough, it doesn't recover. And, you know, we just didn't want to see that happen around Cedros Island. And thank God, you know, it's now a biosphere reserve. And the fish, just in the few years since it's been declared a biosphere reserve, we have seen such an incredible increase in the number of different species that are coming in, and it's just impressive. I mean, the fishing never really got bad there, thank God, but, but again, I mean, it's a noticeable increase in, in, in the abundance and the different species that we see now. And, you know, what I know there's no crystal balls over there, uh, and I know you're underestimating or, or, you know, sort of like marginalizing what you do for Citrus Outdoor Adventures over there, because I know Jose could have no way have done this without you. But what do you envision Citrus Outdoor Adventures being, you know, as we go into the future? Well, you know, honestly, um, yeah, Jose and I are partners, and you know he has his 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 piece is um, you know running the operations on the island, um, and my piece is more behind the scenes, you know, running the the nuts and bolts of of the business and making sure that the bills get paid, and 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 you know that I have my team in Ensenada that helps with transportation and logistics on that side. So, um, you know, it, it's really a, a family effort, um, and, and the people that work for us uh, on the island and in Ensenada are also part of the family. Most of them, except for the people that we've added as we've grown, pretty much everybody has been with us for many, many years, and we've got an entire family on the island that <laughs> I think they're all working for us. And we've got, and some of them were kids when they started just carrying the rods and washing the rods, and they grew up to, you know, do other things and actually become full-time employees. But as far as the future, um, I, I think we just really want to continue doing things the way that we have been, which is we try to keep our eyes open for any way that we can improve the service that we're offering our clients. And one example is this year, uh, uh, well, last, 
last year that we had a season, so two years ago, we started using CBX for our premium guide service, and and we are expanding that this year because that really has turned out to be the best option for our clients um, to get all of their needs met. So, you know, that's the kind of thing that we're just always looking for, okay, what do they want? What do they need? How can we make this work for them um, and, and get them the best fishing and, and just, you know, a, an easy uh, experience of getting there and back and, and all of that. Right. I, and just as an example of what hands are means, especially with you being on the scene, the last time I had the opportunity to be a guest of Cedrus Outdoor Adventures, one of the individuals in our party had gotten his visa, and it was filled out in such a way that the uh, immigration officer at the airport was reading it incorrectly. And oh, my God. You came, <laughs> I remember, you remember that. that. And you stepped in and, you know, uh, made sure that the documents that he had he could go out and get the documents that he needed to get to the island. Instead of a trip being ruined, it turned out that it was only delayed by a few hours, and that was because of your personal intervention. That's true. I, I was I was going to battle with that immigration officer, and in fact, after that, Jose complained, and he uh, got moved to another post, not at the not at the airport anymore, because he was not being tourist friendly. And you know, tourism is a big deal in Baja, and the and the tourist um, department there is very concerned that <laughs> that people are treated well. So yeah, we will definitely do battle on behalf of our clients if need be. Fortunately, that's not the case very often. You know. Yeah, um, but. It- it's generally, good to have someone on your side when things so like welcoming. that happen. It's good to have someone on your side when things like that happen. Uh, listen, we're just about coming to the end of our time with you, uh, Melanie, but if people want to find out more about traveling to Cedrus Island through Cedrus Outdoor Adventures, how's the best way to, to go about doing it, and how are the bookings looking for this year? Is it like don't wait? book now? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we, we're, we're uh, almost fully booked for this year, um, but we do have a few spots left, um, so people should definitely uh, check us out. Um, so you can see our calendar. It's a live calendar that automatically updates as we book, um, and that's on our website at uh, cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Um, and there's just a ton of information about our trips. It's a very extensive website. It's uh, information about how to book, prices, uh, about the fishing itself, um, and people can also call us anytime, 619-793-5419, and talk to one of our very friendly and knowledgeable reservation experts. All right. Melanie Lamaga from Cedrus Outdoor Adventures. Please give Jose our best regards, and we look forward to the next time we have the opportunity of visiting Cedrus Island or seeing you at the trade shows. Uh, Thank you very much for taking part of your holiday to be with us. 
Thank you so much for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. All right. Take care. Wendy, that was just too much fun, was it not? It was. We've got to do that again, okay? (laughs) All right. I can't believe some of the stories these ladies had in, in getting to where they are today. And we need to be sharing more of that information with our listening audience. So thank you for your part in doing all of this, too. Oh, sure thing. And uh, have a great rest of your weekend. All right. Hey, on behalf of Stan and Wendy, Otto and the AM540 Studios, Ben Harvey, our local producer, and always in memory of Big Tuna Bill and Eddie McCune, we want to thank you for listening tonight. We also want to thank Paul Leader from Elkhorn for helping keep us on the air. So until next Sunday night, 5.05 p.m. on AM540 Radio Zion, we're out for now. Good night, everybody. There's a sign upon your door. Hey, Pops, don't blab it around, will you? Gone fishing. Keep it shady. I got me a big one staked out. Mm, you ain't working anymore. I don't have to work. I got me a piece of Gary. Cows need milking in the barn. I have the twins on that detail. They each take a side. But you just don't give a darn. Give them four bits of cow and hand lotion. You just never seem to learn. Man, you taught me. You ain't got no ambition. You're convincing me. Gone fishing. Got your hound dog by your side. That's old Cindy Lou going with me. Gone fishing. Mm-hmm. Fleas are biting at his hide. Get away from me, boys. You're bothering me. Folks won't find us now.